Greetings, everyone. This is Professor H.J. Dunmore here with Father Timothy Brown, and we're here to talk to you about finding God in all things. This podcast came about as a result of a great response received to a video podcast that we did earlier this year as it relates to finding God in all things, specifically looking at nature and the things around us and how the nature mirrors or reflects our life experience. In the time of this recording of this podcast, we're in the autumn season where the leaves begin to change. They begin to transition in colors and the sunlight begins to change as well. And we wanted to talk about this process in a little bit more detail so that it can provide insight and also can be a resource for those of you that are experiencing transition as well. So, Father Brown, let's talk about that first resource that um, we were talking about through the textbook that helps one better understand and connect with their life process. And I like this story by Mary Fahey called The Tree That Survived the Winter. I'm just going to read a little excerpt from it, and I think you'll understand why it really fits our transition uh, theme. She sensed something was different. Her roots seemed to be extending further and more firmly into the soil. Her arms seemed to embrace more of the world, not with the timid gestures of a sapling afraid of tangling with the wind, but with the freedom of knowing that the wind could not topple her. I have survived the winter, she marveled aloud. But then she stopped. The memory of the hard winter sent through her a stab of anger and pain that she thought the spring had healed. Where were you when I needed you? She cried to the sun, and suddenly her pent-up anguish found release in a flow of fluid that oozed from the cracks in her bark and trickled down the sides of her trunk. I needed you. I needed you so badly, and you weren't there, she sobbed. You've been gone so long and have been so cold and lonely and scared, and the days were so gray when you weren't here, and even when I could see you in the distance, I couldn't feel your warmth or seem to reach you with my voice. Didn't you see me shivering? It became so brittle I was afraid of breaking, and my roots became paralyzed in the earth, and my bark crapped open. The tree stood dumbfounded. The sun continued. The chills and ice and bitter cold have toughened your timber to just the right degree, for you needed to be so strong to carry the fruit that will appear on your branches. If I had stayed close all winter, you would have not grown this strong. In fact, you could not have become at all what I hoped and dreamed you would be. But now... Just look at you. I believed, she whispered, noticing that the words seemed to come from that inner space deep within her. Yes, you have believed, sparkled the sun. You've always believed. And that is what enabled you to grow, for had you not kept faith with me in the center of your being, you could not have blossomed into you. Weeks passed. The once lonely tree became a part of life in the meadow. She playfully caught the kites of the children who gathered nearby and then in a spirit of fair play tossed them back again. You're a great good sport, they said to her. We will call you friend. What do you call me? She asked again in the stillness of the night. 
You are called faithful, said the small voice from within. You were called faithful, blinked the evening star, as if to reassure her. I really just like how the author illustrates so much in there, and there's so much you can connect with, you know, and thinking about the wilderness and thinking about that whole process. What comes to mind is the wilderness, obviously, in the Bible, and talk about the 40-year the journey of the Israelites. You know, and there's a point in time where, considering everything that's happening around us, and wondering, God, have you forsaken me? You know, all this that, you know, during the summer season, things are a great blossoming of flowers, trees at its fullness. But sometimes on the outside, we have things that are that we experience, and it appears like a transition. Because sometimes autumn is that indicator for some that they're moving towards a season where it may be wilderness. Sometimes God shows us different signs. You taught me a long time ago as far as with patterns. I understood what patterns were, but understanding how to dissect the patterns of life to understand better how to navigate them. And in that, you know, the autumn, the changing of the leaves, naturally the trees, it indicates that the winter season is coming. And God reveals in all things different patterns and different ways that we can begin to discern and understand. So then my question is, for a person that's beginning to do that transition, transitioning from the summer, identifying, okay, there is autumn that's taking place, how does one continue to navigate through that? And I know some of it, is, it was kind of answered in the, um, the text that you read, but just anything else that we can kind of expound upon just to kind of help people. Well, I think a little bit about the prayer of a recently canonized saint, Archbishop Oscar Romero from El Salvador. And he had a beautiful kind of reflection on the kingdom of God. And he wrote a prayer that really much says a lot about the transitions that we all face. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. And we water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide the yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. So it's that sense of faith, a faith that doesn't always see the invisible. It reminds me of something in Corinthians where Paul says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Mm -hmm. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We're talking about neutral zone. And in the wilderness or in a neutral zone, which is that time where you're waiting for this next season to come about, you're in that period where you're looking at the trees and the leaves aren't there. And I remember reading the book also at the same time, they were talking about when the leaves are gone, your vision and your view begins to change. Because at one point in time, the leaves are there on a tree and it kind of presents a wall in a sense where you're not able to see past that tree because it's so full of the leaves and the trees there. But then what happens is when those leaves fall away, then you're able to see past the tree. You're able to see through that tree. And sometimes, you know, I remember before one of my um, one of my godmothers, she said, you know, sometimes God has to kind of strip you down to the basics so that he can begin to rebuild. And sometimes it's at a point where a lot of things that we have in life that we we're involved with on a daily basis, sometimes our world can get so convoluted with so many of the things that aren't God but they're like television and, you know, and getting involved with entertainment and all these, so many things we can get distracted with. But basically to the point, sometimes God has to break us down to that core so they can begin to rebuild. But as far as the, the neutral zone rules, um, just there were three of them that were there. And I thought that was really, was really great. Um, one, it was saying you can't rush the process. So that's the whole thing of 
patience having is perfect work, but also says you can't abandon the situation. So sometimes it gets really tough, but you have to still endure because on the other side, there is indeed victory. And I was actually just talking to a student about a very similar process, actually, just before we had this podcast recording. And during that time while we're waiting, I remember, the again, in the Bible, with the 40 years of the wilderness walk, during that time that you're in that wilderness, this is the time that's opportunity to develop for the new thing. And it's opportunity to begin to build and being able to just take that time to begin to look at the areas that are necessary for, for the growth and begin to apply reading, meditation, introspection, and beginning to prepare for that next thing because God is already doing the work. The end is already, as far as the next season is already prepared, but we have to go through it and learn a few things and during that process, just using it to develop and learn more. And I think of that neutral zone, that in-between phase between what it is we have to let go of in the transition phase and what we're being invited to is the real contemplative time and the Jesuit tradition of the exam and the Jesuit tradition of the contemplative is that long, loving look at the real. And I've compiled a number of questions that I think are helpful to people in transition, literally an interior dialogue. The questions like, what must you peel away before love appears? What objects define you? What objects control you? What objects enlighten you? What should you hold on to and never let go of? And then the other side, what should you let go of and never hold on to? To have that inner voice, to be aware in that quest for a new transition. What's failure taught you? What's believing taught you? Dare I say, what is aging taught you? Silence taught you. Most importantly in this contemplative quest in transition, what have the tasks been that have identified you, that you're born to? So you begin to, in a contemplative way, see that the questions help pave the way for new life and new growth. What part of you is there to give away? When are you a message? I always like to think too about the way in which we take care of not only our souls, we allow God to do that, but also on a college campus to be aware of our minds and our intelligence. Does your mind in many ways become your friend? And in our beautiful campus, have you considered taking your mind out for a regular walk? And all the ways in which belief and faith and hope become a part of that message of how to take on transition as more than just a quest or a challenge, but as a real 
meaningful sense of consolation. How would you recommend someone to begin to go through that process, begin to begin to listen, begin to hear, begin to walk with their mind? Well, I think that listening is a, a real discipline and it's a, a process that requires exercise and habit and real development. And it comes really out of prayer. Part of transition is being more comfortable with who I am, how I've been called, what I'm being called to. Teach me to listen to those far from me and also to listen to the whisper of those who may be hopeless or need our prayers or have been forgotten. To listen to those who cry out with anguish so that in my own desire to be open in transition to include many other people that aren't always listened to, to listen to the voices who are voiceless and to listen to the voice within. And all of a sudden in that contemplative discipline, become much more aware of the power of a community, of kinship. As we're bringing this podcast to a close, there's an importance to understand that prayer is necessary. You know, and people have many different ideas of how to pray, how long to pray, what to pray. But it's very important to, while walking with your mind, to begin to dig within, to begin to search within to what it is that your body's telling you, what your mind is telling you, what your spirit is telling you. And in the beginning, to speak to that, have a conversation with God, have a walk with your mind, begin to understand the process. Because God, I believe that when we begin to speak from within, we begin to tap from within, we have a conversation that will just open up so many worlds of understanding that we could have never possibly imagined. And for some, the prayer comes directly from the heart. For others, it's to the point where they begin to speak and then that connection happens. Others is from prayers that they may have heard from when they were younger. And I believe that ultimately what it's about is connecting spirit to spirit. And in this process of that neutral zone, that transition, we're able to do so. And there's a prayer that you introduced me to, the prayer of um, Reverend Francis Knott. And that is a prayer that when reading it, it just totally resonates. And looking at it as a template, as many prayers that I, I review and I look at, they're templates that we can begin to apply to our process and how we begin to speak what it is that we believe, speak our way through with faith and confidence. And this is a prayer I, I found when Frank Knott on his bedside right after he died. And the Knott family has been very generous to uh, Loyola, and uh, the Knott Hall was named in honor of uh, the Jesuit brother, Father Frank Knott. He prayed every night, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, go back into my memory as I sleep. Every hurt that has ever been done to me, heal that hurt. Every hurt that I've ever caused to another person, heal that hurt. And all the relationships that have been damaged in my whole life that I'm not aware of, please heal those relationships. But Lord, if there is anything that I need to do, if I need to go to a person because he or she is still suffering, from my hand, bring to my awareness that person. I choose to forgive and I ask to be forgiven. Remove whatever bitterness be, be in my heart, Lord, and fill the empty spaces with your love. Amen. <laughs>